The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Programmatic Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the tools and strategy behind maximizing your performance marketing efforts. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that walks you through how to best take advantage of programmatic advertising platforms. With us today is Brian Kroll, who is the Vice President of Strategic Accounts at AdTaxi. AdTaxi, a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast, is a client-centric organization that brings passion, precision, and sophistication to digital marketing. Leveraging the belief that people matter as much as technology, AdTaxi helps companies solve complex marketing challenges with custom performance-driven solutions. Okay, here's the third installment of Programmatic Advertising Week, where Brian and I talk about evaluating your programmatic versus social campaigns. Brian, welcome back to Programmatic Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Happy hump day. Happy hump day to you too. We made it halfway through the week and so far we've talked about defining what programmatic advertising is and what the landscape looks like today. Yesterday we talked a little bit about getting your programmatic advertising campaigns up and running. One of the things that we see a little differently that we talked about in our first episode was kind of around the definition of programmatic advertising. I think of programmatic advertising as the ability to automate the process of buying display and some video media across a large collection of websites outside of the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. You sort of put all those together in one bucket. And I want to go into a little detail about the differences between some of those channels and how are you evaluating and advising your clients to think about whether they should be allocating their budget to Facebook, whether it should be going to Google and their display network and AdWords, or whether they should be doing what I'm calling programmatic, which is going through the DSPs like the Trade Desk and Media Math and some of these other providers. What are you seeing in the field? Where should brands be allocating their budgets and what's the difference between the major providers? I think it has a lot to do with what somebody is offering, what's the product or service that they're offering or selling. Some brands do exceptionally well with social, depending on who it is you're trying to reach. I think you have to kind of look at like from, and social, I'm lumping that in as everything, right? So like Facebook, Instagram are all happening through Facebook's business manager. They also have their audience network, et cetera. Then you have Snapchat, you have Pinterest, which are arguably quote unquote social. Snapchat may be more of a social, but Pinterest in there as well too. 
I think it just depends on knowing enough about like who it is that you're trying to reach and where are those people, where are they spending their time? If your audience is spending a lot of time on Facebook or on Instagram, definitely makes sense to leverage an investment there. But I don't believe in putting all of your eggs in one basket. I think like a really good campaign is, you know, as long as you can afford it, nobody has unlimited budgets, right? And if you do, please hit me up on Twitter. And <laughs> no, no, no. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hit us both up. But we all have to be, to an extent, ruthless with our budgets, right? It's money that if we don't spend it to acquire customers could be used somewhere else. And when we're thinking about how we're acquiring customers, focus on probably like the lowest common denominators, right? Where's the low hanging fruit? And if that's on social, if that's on Facebook, if that's on Snapchat, if that's on Pinterest, if that's on regular display, whatever that may be, focus there and then slowly work your way up. One way that it's really interesting, I think, to determine if your audience is on a platform or not is to run remarketing campaigns to start with. So like if I'm going to dip my toes in the water with Snapchat and I think, you know, hey, I know my audience is on Facebook. I've built my business off of Facebook. I'm not really sure about Snapchat. Run remarketing on Snapchat and see if you're reaching these same people. If you have high conversion rates for your products on Snapchat, then I would say, yeah, it's a pretty good chance that you're there. They have great lookalike modeling as well. So you sort of like learn from that and just slowly work up the funnel, traditional sense. That's a really good marketing tip. Let me just call that out for a second. The way to test the various social channels is not to just throw budget at them and see if you can find a signal. Take the data that you have, start at the bottom of your funnel, whether it's remarketing to people that are already your customers or people that have abandoned your cart, start at the bottom of the funnel, people that are close to conversion, and see if you can get a conversion, see if you can reach and look at what those conversion rates are and work your way up the funnel. I think that's a very important tip when you're cultivating and testing new channels. Yeah. I mean, you'll be able to see not only are they going to convert, but also what's the conversion rate, how many impressions are out there. So you get a sense of like how much of my audience is actually really there. We've seen some clients where Snapchat, which they didn't think they're like, oh, that's too young. It's just, you know, like young kids or whatever, totally surprised them that it was something that was an incredibly viable channel and potentially one of the more lucrative channels in which to market. So it's a great way to sort of like, you know, dip your toes in the water and just sort of check the temperature. So I think of the social advertising space very much being general. Pretty much everybody can advertise on Facebook, but some industries specifically have seen a tremendous amount of success. I think about retail, about fashion, mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Anything that is very visual shows up well because that medium is really about delivering kind of high fidelity content. So you've seen Amazon advertising outside of obviously their own platform on Facebook as well. E-commerce, huge into social media, maybe services, not so much. It seems like that sort of leans towards the PPC, somebody that's a little bit farther and has an indication of what they're looking for. And then we get into programmatic advertising, which is a little bit of an unknown in my mind of like who this is really working for. Are there specific industries, maybe brands as an example that you've seen programmatic really kill it? It depends on how you look at your attribution as well, too. So we talked a little bit, I think, in previous episodes about direct response being like, I'm serving up display ads. I want people to see those ads and immediately click on those ads and immediately come in and buy something as opposed to sort of micro conversions. When you think about how that plays into the funnel, you have your nurturing channels and you have your conversion channels and then you have just a straight up brand awareness. All of these platforms do all of these things. It just depends on how you use them, right? So like, let's say I'm a, a heating and air conditioning company or something like that. And let's say that 
I am heavily reliant on search. I'm probably not going to just scroll through. If I need a new HVAC unit because it's 105 outside in the East Bay where I live and all of a sudden my AC goes on the fritz, I'm probably not just going to go on Facebook and just scroll through and hope that I see an HVAC company pop up or I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'll go on Facebook and say, hey, has anybody worked with any good reputable companies? Maybe pull my group of friends or something like that, but not necessarily advertising. I'm also probably not going to just you know wait for that ad to pop up on display. I know what I want. I'm going to probably start searching and I'm going to find HVAC companies near me or whatever that may be. Yeah, more acute needs. Yes, exactly. It's the same thing if a refrigerator breaks, right? If I need a new refrigerator, washer, dryer, whatever it is, it's like, okay, I'm going to start looking and see what's out there. Who can I get one for either repair or whatever? The Who I choose when I make that search is a big factor. So let's say I do a search and there's 15 different HVAC companies who service my area who are all bidding for me how do I choose which one of those I'm going to go with, right? So potentially I'm going to look at whatever they say in their ads, whether it's like same day service or whatever that may be. I'm also probably going to choose the person who I'm familiar with, right? So familiarity goes a long way in search. And depending on your business model, if you're the first person that somebody calls, it's your sale to lose. You want them to choose you first. And that's where I think that the awareness piece, if properly measured, really plays out. Where if I can just devote a small amount of my budget from a display standpoint and try and say, like, I know this is my service area. I'm going to stick with the HVAC example. I know that my service area are these three counties. I just want to try and target homeowners in these three counties. And I want to try and serve one display ad per day per homeowner or something like that, or per every 48 hours, whatever it is, just constantly get in front of people, incredibly low cost, but it's really efficient in terms of reach. And we're talking about one ad might cost like a fraction of a cent. So by doing that, you might end up changing your fortunes in PPC because instead of now somebody searching for HVAC companies near me, I search for blank, blank, the company name, service, whatever. That's a difference of potentially paying a 15 to 20 to $50 cost per click in a heavily competitive industry to paying a 15 to 20 cent cost per click or a dollar cost per click from a branded term. So while people may think in a direct response, they don't value necessarily the actual display clicks because a lot of people measure things in Google Analytics and they may say like, well, there's a lot of clicks and it just comes through and doesn't really do anything for me. Think about the very first display ad. Actually, the original display ad turned 25, I think, back in October. So, you know, it was whatever the world was like way back then. Right? Happy birthday to <laughs> display. Exactly. 25 years ago, Google didn't exist. 25 years ago, Facebook didn't exist. If you're lucky, you knew that where a website would be. So like people actually surf for the web. And so I think the way that people's expectations are for display was that, you know, hey, I would get a click and come through my website and there's a more direct response there. Now it doesn't really work that way. Now, when you think about how people shop, even for retail, if you're on a checkout page and you see, you know, have a promo code, enter it here, what's the first thing you're going to do? Probably going to go out and search for promo codes just to see, hey, are there any promo codes I can use for this advertiser out there to see what's there? And that's where like you have affiliate networks or something like that, that may be there to give you a promo code. All of those things impact it. But looking at really like from an attribution standpoint, how does programmatic, how does display nurture the funnel? create opportunities and improve close rates. I think it's an incredibly powerful medium for any business. It just depends on how you use it and make sure you have the right strategy for it. So it seems like the idea here is that display is a great awareness builder. And that's why we get into when we think about evaluating the performance of the campaign into what do the view through metrics look like. Mm -hmm. So just to go back into, you know, what's the difference between the various performance marketing channels 
right? If you're looking to build impulse, right? If you have a product that's very visual by nature, if you're looking for someone to discover that they need a product, the social media channels are great, right? Facebook and Instagram specifically are the ones that when you look at e-commerce, I didn't know I needed that new pair of shoes, but I want it. That's more of an impulsive buy as opposed to I need a new pair of shoes. When somebody has an acute need, a lot of the times they're looking through search, right? They're either doing their research or they're at the bottom of the funnel and they're ready to go. And really where programmatic advertising comes in is building that awareness and staying present in front of people all of the time. So when they get to the point of making a decision, they are ready to choose your brand. So you're essentially moving your non-branded search to branded or direct. Or improving across the board. And I think display, not just from an awareness, works really well at the bottom of the funnel too. So from like a remarketing standpoint, remarketing is a concept works well. I think that biggest advice I could give there would be change up your messaging. If I landed on your website and you are remarketing to me with display, I've already been there. You don't need to show me the same ad that brought me there. You need to probably change your messaging and think, okay, well, Brian was here. He didn't transact with me. Why? What can I tell him that would possibly change his mind? That's the messaging I think people should put in display. I already looked at those shoes. I know those shoes were there. You can show them to me dynamically and say like, yeah, that's great. I, I remember I looked at those. But why should I buy from you as opposed to anybody else? And put that sort of messaging in there as well, too. Like, do you donate to a percentage of your profits to charity? Do you do whatever it is that I might be interested in? And you can change that, too. So it's not just straight retargeting. You can layer on additional insights or targeting to those remarketing audiences to say, hey, these people are charitable donors. They might really respond to our message here, right? I donate beds to foster kids or something like that, right? Whatever that may be. That's going to help me say like, you know what, I'm going to do business with this company because they mesh with my values. You can layer all of that into. Last question for you for today. As you think about the difference between the campaign, do you have a sense of whether it's Facebook, Google and AdWords or programmatic advertising in terms of the blended average media cost? Is one channel more expensive than the other? To buy varies wildly. If you're a personal injury attorney, your cost per click is going to be exceptionally high. It goes back to that supply and demand and the thin market principle, right? Facebook, I would say, typically has higher CPMs than you would see elsewhere, but it comes back to not necessarily the CPM, but really the CPA. So it's like, you know, what am I looking to acquire and how is each platform doing from a acquisition standpoint? And looking at that from either a longer window or a shorter window, depending on what it is that you're selling, if it's, let's say you're buying a car, that's probably not an overnight decision unless, God forbid, you need one and it completely blew up on you or something like that. Unless you're in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and you need to hit the road. Exactly, right? Actually, you should just stay home for the record. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think that, you know, depending on what the time to purchase is, like I said, if you may be more on the demand side, if it's something where it's like, you know, like a need to repair or something somebody's going to search for. So you may have more of your budget there, but you also may need to have some good awareness and whatever there. So you may be a complete bottom of the funnel and then complete top of the funnel. And there's no real nurturing necessarily. But yeah, everything is going to have a different cost. And even within the platforms, you're going to see different costs. And it gets back to price versus performance, right? What did I pay for this and what did I get for it? And that's the real key. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that when you are evaluating the cost for the campaigns across the multiple different channels to buy media, it's really something that you have to figure out for yourself. It depends what you're trying to accomplish with the campaign, what your creative is going to be. And really, you shouldn't be looking at what the cost is for the media. Sorry, it was a loaded question. What you should be looking at is what the value of the conversion is. Correct. 
Okay, and that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Brian Kroll for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Brian and Ad Taxi's tips to taking advantage of programmatic media, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how to evaluate the cross-channel impact of your programmatic ad campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is rockinkroll, R-O-C-K-I-N-K-R-O-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is adtaxi.com, A-D-T-A-X-I.com. Just one link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.